Socialites, and welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast, the podcast where we study being social by being social. Okay, before we even start, I'm going back on the road and I want to see you there. Get your tickets at MrDTimes3.com. Coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, March 11th and 12th, and then Denver the next weekend, the 18th and 19th. Tickets for all of those are almost sold out. So if you're trying to go to the Vancouver show or you're trying to come to the Denver show, do not hesitate to go to MrDTimes3.com and get your tickets before they are all gone. After that, the tour goes like this. Madison, Wisconsin, Minneapolis, Minnesota, St. Louis, Missouri, Edmonton, Alberta, Bremerton, Washington, Everett, Washington, Seattle, Washington, Oklahoma City, New York City, Buffalo, Philadelphia. There you go. Get your tickets at MrDTimes3.com. You won't want to miss it. Y'all, I am feeling some type of way right now. Listen, I don't, I understand. I understand that, you know, teaching, teacher, that was the career that I chose for a very long time. I get it. But there's a pet peeve that I need to like announce to the general public. And I'm talking to teachers and not teachers here. Let's start on, on this side of things. Okay. First of all, the grammar police. Listen, we're defunding the grammar police, everybody, okay? It's it's out. It's gone with the wind, okay? No more of this. It's driving me friggin' nuts, all right? What makes it even worse is that anytime I slip up with, you know, the slip of these friggin' kibasa fingers that I have, somebody has to chime in and say... Aren't you a teacher? <laughs> Aren't you a teacher? Yeah, I'm a teacher and I'm a human too. And I make silly mistakes all the time, just like you, Pamela. Remember when you made a right turn, forgot to turn your blinker on and smashed into a fire hydrant? Aren't you a driver? No, I'm not having it anymore. All right. Aren't you a teacher? It's not an excuse. We are people too. We make mistakes just like everyone else. And that's okay because mistakes lead to learning. But listen to me. Okay. This aren't you a teacher thing drives me fucking nuts because you knew what I was trying to say. It's not like I wrote the entire thing in kanji and you don't have a damn clue how to decipher it. No. You knew what I was trying to say, and you couldn't just pipe your little tiny mouth shut, Dolores. You had to get in there and let your little piece be heard. No. Now we need to get this on the flip side. I realize that the grammar police are predominantly teachers. Whenever I make a typo online... These, this certain type of teacher, they come at me in troths. Sorry, it's the teacher in me. Sorry, I'm an English teacher. I can't help myself. Sorry, I just, I can't bear to see these incorrect words written on a screen. Well, let me tell you something for two minutes, Caroline. 
I wrote this with my thumbs. Humans were not designed to be writing language with our thumbs only. So let's just pause right there. Second of all, your profession is not an excuse for you being a bitch. Okay? It's called work-life balance. Take your work cap off, Caroline. It's time to get focused, okay? You knew what I was trying to say, and you need to shut the fuck up, because you're driving me bonkers, babe. You're driving me bonkers. It's like, just because you're a teacher doesn't give you the excuse to do that. You don't know where someone else is coming from. You don't know what shit they got going on. I made a a tweet today that said, I understand that the grammar police believes that they're Jesus with a pen, but they need to pop a Xanax and and get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Wash it down with that church wine. All right, Georgia Lynn. Wow, I'm coming up with all these names left and right. Okay, I just have to say, this podcast is my therapy, and I do feel a lot better now that I've let that all out. So moving forward, shall we? Have you guys been watching Inventing Anna on Netflix by chance? If you haven't, it's fantastic. It's about this deranged human whose name is Anna Delvey. Jury's still out on that. We don't really know her actual name. I think it's Anna Sorokin. True story, by the way, about this whack job who basically lied about everything to get tons of money to open up a social club for like the richest of the rich in New York City. She was almost successful, but didn't. She's basically a female Tinder swindler. We need to thank our lucky stars that her and the Tinder swindler never met. Because if those two had a baby, it would come out with eyes redder than the devil's dick with its head spinning like the exorcist ready to wreak havoc on the world. Because these two individuals are next level psychotic, all right? There are moments in the show where you like feel bad for her. And then very quickly you realize, ooh, I'm ooh, I'm just being duped. Now she's duping me. She lies to everybody to get her way. And the overarching theme is, She's a fucking bitch. Like, she's a straight-up bitch. Like, this this reporter comes to jail, like, with gifts, and she goes, Can I ask you something? Why do you dress like you're poor? It's like, you don't, what? Like, the things that fly out of this girl's mouth are unreal. So what happens time and time again is, is her credit card gets declined when she's, like, out to dinners or at hotels or anything like that, and she goes, Well, phew, run it again. It must be your machine. It's your machine. I have the money. I'm good for it. Like, she's just nuts. And then she's just a royal bitch until she gets her way. All right? Now, this brings me to a point about teaching. Oh, by the way, the real Anna Delvey, I don't know how much time she served, but just like the Tinder swindler, she's now back roaming the streets of the world. She has a poppin' Instagram, 300-something thousand followers, ready to go, just living life in luxury, mind you, when she's a friggin' criminal. This reminds me of teaching. How many times do you have a student who just does something like, I'm not just talking like naughty or mischievous. I'm talking like bad. Like I've had a few students over the years who are just 
like experiencing full-blown sociopathic tendencies is that what i want to say just like manipulative to the core like know exactly what to say to other kids to get their way to the point where it's like bad and dangerous like okay i watched this happen with my own eyes to my teaching partner fifth grade there was this kid screaming at her screaming at her and he was screaming you're a fucking bitch and then throwing basketballs at a huge glass wall thank god it didn't break right so eventually the kid gets escorted down to the office spent maybe less than an hour down in the office and comes marching back to class with two hands full of chips what uh, I, I, mind-blowing mind-blowing Like we allow people to just totally manipulate the situation and then like they get rewarded right after. And it's just like this inventing Anna situation that drives me nuts because these people and the kids too show us time and time and time again that they're going to take advantage of the situation. But in education today, it seems like there's no such thing as consequences anymore. And the kids are just running the fucking show. Like, what is that? Like you, you, these kids are doing things that are terrible and then they're coming back rewarded. Now, some of you are going to come at me and you're going to be like, well, there's childhood trauma, Joe, and trauma shows up in different ways. And we have to be understanding of other kids needs. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. But Just because a kid experiences trauma doesn't mean we let them get away with murder. They still have to understand that there are rules here that you don't do and you don't get rewarded when you when you cross the line. That is a really uncomfortable situation for kids when they get in trouble. But it's that discomfort that leads to learning. And I'm seeing it here, too. The Tinder swindler got off, went back into the same exact thing. Anna Delvey got off, went back, did the same exact thing. And it's happening in schools left and right. You do something wrong. It's like a talking to and then you're walking back to class with candy. And less than an hour later, you're back on your bullshit. Like, I can't be the only one who's seeing this, right? What is this shit? I I can't. I can't. I also don't believe in punitive punishment, right? Every kid's different. Every kid has a different situation. Every kid, you know, needs to be handled differently and the actions that they do. But at the same time, what precedents are we setting here? What kind of people are we pumping out into society? Because I don't think it's very fucking good. Oh my God, I can't even handle it. Hold on, let me cool off. Let's go to a commercial break. Sorry, guys, this episode is a lot of bitching on my part. And for that, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry, but it doesn't end there. I'm reading an article right now, and the headline is this. National Guard deploys for new emergency teacher shortages. And it is a photo of a National Guard person helping a freshman in high school because he has been assigned to be the substitute teacher at this school. Let me tell you what. If there is a emergency in education that's so bad that we are deploying the National Guard to step in as teachers, there's a problem that's more deeply rooted than throwing a Band-Aid over it. We need to fix that shit. 
I said it so many times and I'll say it again. If teachers were getting paid like doctors, then people would seek out this profession and we could be choosy to only have the best and the brightest as teachers who would then earn the right to make that kind of money. And there wouldn't be a teacher shortage because people would actually want to be one. People don't want to even be one anymore. This happens a lot and it does break my heart. But Also, I get it. So many times when a kid says to their teacher parent, you know, I want to be a teacher when I grow up. And they're the parents like, no, anything but a teacher. It's like, I get it. It's a super hard life and it's crazy. But like, wouldn't it be great if we lived in a world where we were like, yes, do it. It's so amazing. And you get paid so much. Like, it is this, is this just a pipe dream? Like, am I on some Anna Delvey drugs thinking that this is actually a possibility? Can we make it happen? Like, the people who are going to benefit it are the kids. And they're going to be running the show when we can't anymore. So I think we should, uh, you know, step it up. Step it up. National Guard in the classroom. Did you ever think you'd see the day? I sure as hell didn't. But here we are. I do have a really funny story for you from when I was subbing. I was, um, you had to, you guys are familiar with word work, right? And like chunking and blending words so kids can learn how to read. Well, we were doing this activity where uh, they were using a, it was a metal cookie tray with magnetic letters on it. And all the vowels were in red so they could make CVC world words. Vowel consonant vowel words. Or VCV words. I don't really know. I'm not going to act like I'm an expert on this. You get what I'm saying. Anyway, one of the kids spelled the word bet. And I wanted to make sure that he knew what he spelled rather than just slapping some words on there, letters on there and calling it a, he goes, B-E-T. I go, what is B-E-T? And he goes, B-E-T is when you, you have money and you put money on it and you make more money. And this kid who wasn't even like in our group turns around and he goes, uh-uh, B-E-T is TV for black people. And I looked and I was like, thinking in my head well he's not wrong and then the kid turns to him and he goes you're racist and then he turned back and goes i'm not racist <laughs> he goes i'm not racist i just know that because i'm black <laughs> i'm like oh god oh god here we're gonna have a race war over what bet actually spells and I'm getting paid $26 an hour taxed. What? This, <laughs> this is wild. This is why we teach, though. This is why I always taught. I always taught for the funny stories that were going to happen in the classroom. They're the best. I do got to tell you about this, too, though. I got a message from a Patreon member that just, like, blew my marbles. Yes, by the way, if you become a Patreon member, not only are you supporting the podcast, but you have a direct line to me. I check the messages in there, and yeah, I message you back. And someone wrote me, and they go, 
I don't think it's really you. I think it's your assistant. No, it's me. Sent him a little video to show, to prove it. It's really me. Get tons of bonus content over there too and support the podcast. Become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. That's patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Anyway, I had a mess. A Patreon member message me and it's just blowing my mind. She was telling me about some legislations that are going to happen in Oklahoma. And she wrote, to combat the sub shortages that our government doesn't even think is real, an executive order was passed that would allow state employees to sub whenever they would like to. Anyone can sub. It makes teaching look like babysitting. I've said that from day one, too, because it's like in what? OK, say you worked for Microsoft, right? And you were like kind of doing some important technical stuff there and you couldn't come to work one day that Microsoft is not just going to trust another person to sit at your desk and be able to do the exact same thing that you do with the exact same results. But yet that's what happens in teaching every day. Most of the time you just need a high school diploma or like a few college credits, maybe, and doesn't even have to be in a teaching. Like what kind of precedence does that set about the job? It literally says that anybody can teach. On top of that, too, you're setting these sub plans. They're never going to go according to plan. I can tell you that as a teacher and as a sub. But yet you're expecting the sub to be able to not only teach it with fidelity, but for everything to go according to the plan so that you can continue to get these kids to grow so that it's reflective on your evaluation. What? Not real. There's no way that's real. Said it before. She says, too, any family can transfer their student into whatever district they want. If a family doesn't want their child at a Title I school, they can request to be put in a wealthier district. Okay, that is that is also an issue because, okay, it's, it's not an issue, right? Parents should have choice on where their students go to school. But it's an issue because these less wealthy schools that we're talking about, the reason that they are that way is because of funding. They're getting hopefully, the same amount of government funding as like a wealthier public school. But the difference is, is that wealthy public school has parent support and parent funding coming in through the PTA and fundraisers and things that they're able to do. So nobody's making accounts for that, right? Okay. Three, two words. Oh, this one's, this one grinds my gears. Three, two words, merit pay. Our government wants to give teachers a raise by using merit pay. Now, muggles, I really need you to listen up. In your little muggle career that you have, not little, it's probably big and important, and I appreciate that about you. But in your muggle career, you probably believe in merit pay, and you should. If you do a better job than the next person, you should get paid more than that person because you're doing a better job. I agree with you. Merit pay does not belong in education. Here is why. Okay. If I teach at a low-income Title I school, right, where the kids are coming to school every day with trauma, a lot of them hungry in the morning because they don't get breakfast fed to them, there's no parent communication, parents aren't even showing up for conferences, you know, I I have no supplies in my classroom because my school is underfunded. There's that. 
how am I going to get the same results from the kids as the school two towns down where one parent works, the other parent stays home, does homework with the kids every single day. The parent who does work has lots of money. So the kid always has all of the supplies from the supply list. They eat breakfast every morning before they come to school. So they're fully nourished. The parents have instilled respect and responsibility into their kids every single day. So there's minimal behavior issues in my class. Not saying that parents in Title I don't, but I am saying that a lot of parents in those other schools are probably working two or three jobs each, and their priority is to make enough money to get food on the table, which means they don't even often have these moments to sit down with the kid and talk about these sort of things. And that's okay, but that's the reality of it, all right? So when that teacher is teaching two towns over in that public school that's, you know, funded better not only by the by the government, but by the parents as well, that teacher is going to have an easier time getting the highest results that will then result in that teacher earning merit pay. But then you got these hard ass working teachers over here in this Title I building where it's an absolute unrealistic expectation for those students to get to the same results as those other kids. Notice how I didn't say it's impossible because it's not impossible, but it is a totally different world. And I just got to tell you this, unless you have walked these shoes and taught in those schools, have several seats because I'm not here for it. When I first sold my soul to the devil, I went and I taught in a super bougie public school district. And there were teachers there who had taught there their entire careers. I was like, y'all need to get your heads out of your asses because you have no idea what it's like on the other side. They had no idea. Teachers who are teaching in Title I in low-income areas, no matter where that is, we understand the experience. We've worked our asses off. We know what it's like in there. And I can tell you, can I get the same results? I hope so. Probably. But I can tell you straight up with full honesty, it's unlikely. It's unlikely. And I say that with full optimism too. But also think about this. The class that you're given this year is different than the class than you had last year, is different than who you had five years ago, is different than who you're going to have next year. And I've been teaching the same grade. It's all the same grade. Kids are not robots. I can't just plug in some code and expect for them to just automatically give us these results now that are going to get me paid more. No, it's different every single year. So merit pay and education, a bunch of bullshit. Um, oh, I got to step down for a second. Let's get another commercial in before I pop the fuck off. Oh, I'm so sorry. I've been a little negative today. I digress. It's not going to be like this all the time, but I got to tell you guys what, there's a person behind this podcast and I'm going to keep it real and raw for you and authentic. I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. And I run a gamut of emotions. So this is what you get. I did get a little emotional uh, last week. Cirque du Soleil is currently in the Seattle area touring. It's Alegria if you're a Cirque du Soleil person, which I totally am it now. As we were there at Cirque du Soleil, I just was in full awe. 
at what these people were doing and what they were able to do. First of all, the level of athletics was unbelievable. I can't believe what these people can do with their bodies. But then on top of that, the level of creativity that goes into this art is unbelievable. These people are able to, somebody was able to conceptualize and see this vision and bring in other creative minds to make it, to make it real and to put it out on stage. And that creativity for that two hours or whatever that I was sitting in that seat brought me not only so much joy, but such an escape from the crazy world that we live in. And that is important for all people. I've always told you guys that laughter is the best medicine. It's true. People need these releases to be able to just function as a full human. And what I started to get choked up a little bit, just in awe at the creativity and how hard these people work to bring that level of creativity to life. And I realized that art in education being slashed in the way that it is, is so detrimental to so many kids. We have so many kids who show us their creative side time and time again, and they're getting thrown to the side because we're not able to provide the creative outlets for them. Allowing kids to be good at something that isn't just your standard curriculum is so important because they could not only be so successful with a creative outlet, but they can also be a happy, well-rounded person with that too. I'm such an advocate for all arts and education to just continue because kids need to be able to understand that you know, just because you can't multiply fractions like the kids sitting next to you doesn't mean that you can't be great at something else. And it breaks my heart when I'm seeing music slashed from classroom, art slashed from classroom. Performing arts in schools is almost a thing of the past. It's, it's, it's unreal. So all I'm going to say is my challenge for you this week, if you're a teacher or if you're a muggle, do something creative with kids this week. Do something to inspire kids to tap into their creative side. See who loves it. See who doesn't. And just allow them to express themselves in a way outside of how we standardly know what school is. That's it. That's all. That's what I got. Hey, you guys, I want to give a shout out too to our Patreon members. Patreon is how we keep the podcast going. Without Patreon, this wouldn't happen. You can become a Patreon to support the podcast and get tons of bonus content by becoming a Patreon member at patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. That's patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Hello to our newest Patreon members, Jen Wennerholt, Jamie Hagen. Crystal Markham, Joyce Johnson, Alyssa Grossman, Kaylee Dominish, David, just David, Danielle LaRose, Kelly Lutz, Lori Chance, Courtney A., Heather Bobin, Emily Martinez, James Neely, Samuel Williams, Samantha, just Samantha, Christy Carlson, Joelle, just Joelle, Caitlin Duginski, Sarah Jean, Rihanna Zanny, Emmy, just Emmy, Lisa, just Lisa, Lindsay Quilter, 
Lisa Rodriguez, Caitlin McNaughton, Denise Posey, Aaron L., Colleen Cunningham, Raven Kalor, Andy Smith, and Melissa, just Melissa. Thank you guys so much for being Patreon members. And thank you everyone who listens to the Social Pasadis podcast religiously. Um, if you Maybe we didn't get a good laugh in this week and that's okay. Maybe you got inspired or I don't know. Maybe it was just a cool release for you, whatever it is. Thank you guys for listening. And I mean that from the bottom of my butt and I say my butt because it's bigger than my heart. So I feel like it means more. I love you guys so much and we'll see you next week. Get your tickets to see me on the road at mrdtimes3.com. I love you. Bye.